Hello and welcome to the first edition of the 2021-2022 season from the Copcast podcast. We're coming to you after Norwich City nil, Liverpool Football Club 3. And to talk through the game this evening or this morning or this afternoon or whenever you're listening to this, I have... Jay Reid out in Liverpool, I've got Birol Akis in the Netherlands, and I have got Neil Patterson still tentatively in Berlin. So as we have been doing through the, the preseason, we're dispensing with the, the preamble bullshit and getting straight to the football. So, Chief, football's back, but football mm. has like like people in watching football and shouting things and cheering and, and singing songs and stuff. Some of them you know, less than tasteful, as as we all know, and we'll not we'll not get into it to be on tonight. I think we can just roundly say that, you know, just don't be a dickhead, lads. Um, but it was really nice just to to watch a football game with a a few football games with a, a bit of colour and a bit of vibrance and you know proper actual real real sound as opposed to this berserk and pathetic fake fan noise that they used to put behind games yeah 100 percent. couldn't agree couldn't agree with you more it was um whoever thought that it would be a novelty to see fans at a at a football stadium but um the novelty is certainly still in 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 full effect it was absolutely it was absolutely amazing to to see full stadiums to see fans going nuts, jumping all over each other, to see the Leeds end going mental whenever they scored what proved to be a, a consolation goal against United. Oh, a nice consolation goal, but consolation nonetheless. To hear the songs, <clears throat> to see the flags, all of it. It's um it was it was football as we'd always taken for granted, but it was it was new, it was brand new and it was amazing. So um yeah. Big up to just having it back and having it really back because what we've been watching for the last eighteen months or what we had been watching was 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 not really football, um, not as we know it anyway. Um, and obviously competitions went on and players had to get through it. And I'm not trying to uh, disparage any of the effort that, that went into it or whatever, but at the same time, it it wasn't football. It wasn't football for for the fans. It wasn't football for the players. Wasn't football, I'm sure, for the broadcasters or, or anybody really involved. So to see all that back, the madness, the lunacy, you know, all the all the good stuff, and you know, unfortunately, some of the bad as well. But that's the way it is, you know. That that's that's life, yin and yang, and one and the other, and live and let live, and and all that. So that for me was was the greatest thing about about the opening weekend, and then of course, you know. Winning is always massively important because losing is hugely deflating on the opening day. When if and when it happens, in fact, even drawing is is, is bad enough. So um, to see to see the Reds um, start in such what's the word? I suppose commanding fashion was um, was just the absolute icing on the cake and and the cherry on top of that. So. Yeah, I mean, just on the fans and whatever, it was it was great. I'm sure we'll get on to the match in a wee bit. Yeah, Jay, you know, having fans back in the stadium, 
this is going to have more of a positive impact on Liverpool than you think almost any other club, wouldn't you? Yeah, 100%. Um, I've seen some stats over the weekend. Um, I think it was Cyberland. I should put them out on Twitter about the uh, the impact of fans that it had on um, certain teams over the last 12 months, something like that. Um, and I think the impact on uh, us alone was, uh, I think it was like minus 18 points across the season. No, minus 26 points, the impact without fans. If you compare that with Man City, they are plus 19, just under. So it tells you who's, who, who likes playing with empty stadiums more than anyone else. Um, but yeah, getting back to the, the main point in question, um, it's massive. Like we all, it, it's cliche how, how much the cop and the travelling cop is the 12th man for Liverpool, but it, it genuinely actually is. Um, I, for one, can't wait to get back in the ground this weekend. I went to Friendly the weekend, it was a nice little taster, but going properly for the league game would be special on Saturday. Um, and it was a long way to go for the lads who went to Norwich. I think it's like a five, six hour coach journey at the best of times, but they made plenty of noise. They done themselves and the club proud. And not only that, I think you've seen on the players when, when they scored, it was, it was a moment to enjoy. There was no VAR nonsense with checking goals and lines and offsides and all that bullshit. Um, but like the, what it meant to Salah, like he wanted to score because the other lads had scored. He wanted to set money up. He wanted him to score as well. But just seeing how much it meant to them to go and run to the fans, big smiles on their faces and actually enjoying football. And I, I've said it all along, it, it doesn't feel right at all. And I, I don't enjoy international football. So the summer was not really much for me. But getting back to, to Premier League football with fans, um, there's nothing better than we couldn't have asked for a better start with with what we got a win clean sheet seeing Virgil again and all of the bits and bobs which you'll get into but yeah it was just nice to to feel like he was alive again feel feel like a fan once more yeah a hundred percent and Beryl there's you know you would say that there's there's probably players on our side who respond to the fans more so than others and and you'd say one of them is is certainly Firmino. You know, he comes on, he gets his goal, and here's a song, and you can see that big smile on his face. And he's the guy that you want to get a goal. He's the guy that you want things to kick off. And there's a funny stat plan around that. Is it something like 15 goals away from home versus four at home? And I don't know whether that's something to do with the fact that Generally, away fans are just better because there's a smaller group. The songs are a bit more concentrated. Everybody's on the same wavelength. And there's not a whole pile of people in the crowd that are being silent, kind of inhibiting the guys that want to have a good time. And you would expect that the likes of him, certainly Mane as well, you'd like to see... You'd think that there would be certain players' games, individual players' games, as opposed to just the team's performances that will be elevated due to this as well. Um, as as soon as he came on, the 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 si senor uh, start started, and uh, and and and, uh, and and Bobby uh, obliged, uh, put the ball in the net, and and you're absolutely right. You know, he every player enjoys, of course, um, being cheered. Um, uh, but he does so 
more than others. Um, you know, it's it, uh, I, I I listen to the second captain's podcast, which I uh, I enjoy, and and they were talking about how how Vardy um, uh, who, who scored and 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 immediately started um, started to 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 do a wolves howl because he wanted to to uh, to piss off the the, the wolves fans. Um, and, and you know you, you have that kind of player, you know, riffing off uh, uh, hostile environments. Um, but Bobby is 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 someone who 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 really enjoys um, you know th- there being a song about him, etc. Et you know, and he, he's 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 a, he's a guy who likes to do so social things. He's a, he's a very sociable guy. And that's probably why he doesn't score as much as 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 centre forwards usually do, probably because he he looks more after his uh, his uh, colleagues than after himself. Um, yeah, I, I don't know who who will thrive more um, um, because you know fans are back, but it it it's it's it can only be a good thing. Um, uh, fans can can get on the back of of players uh, also, but but uh, I don't think there is a player at this moment that uh, that that our fans get get on the back of, and 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 all of our players will will, will you know benefit from the fact that uh, that there is uh, that there is support both home and away. And you're right, you know, the away fans are of course more fanatical and and um, uh, and and have their tunes ready. So. Yeah, you know, it's it, uh, just um, uh, agreeing with 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 what uh, what Chief and, and and Jay said. It's it's you know, this is football. You know, I don't, I don't I'm not sure what we watched the last one and a half years, but uh, it was an approximation. It was it was, but it wasn't football. And 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 football's back, and I'm I'm really happy about that. Yeah, and and there you know, there's some players here that. That still haven't played in front of a full Anfield. Um, you know, Thiago, Jota, these guys are core players in the squad now, key players in the team. And, you know, you just wonder what's, what sort of elevation in their performance we'll see once they've got a full Anfield. Um, Thiago, we think, already has a song. We'll, we'll see how that develops in the stadium. If Jota keeps on scoring horrible, horrible strikers goals the way it has been then, then he'll get one. He'll, he'll get one too. And we'll start with we'll start with Jota, Chief. Um, he's an odd he's an odd player, isn't he? It's a really odd performance. Um, he's, he's completely uninvolved in the game. He's no impact on the game at all. And then he just pops up and just sticks one in the net. And it's not a particularly good finish, but. He's just there to gobble up a loose ball in the box, and the keeper's not ready for it. The defender's lost. It's 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 not even a pass to him. It's just a miscontrolled, um, miscontrolled ball from from Salah, and he's on it like a flash, and it hits the target. And more often than not, I think that's what's really impressive about Jota for me is he just hits the target, and it's a bit like the Allen's here approach to goal scoring. He hits the target with a shot that's really quite hard. What do you yeah. make of this? What do you make of him? Do you do you think that like through the middle through the middle it seems weird? It maybe he absolutely doesn't do what Bobby does, but then he does the thing that Bobby doesn't do, which is generally sticking in the tent. I think that they'll help each other. To be honest, um, just through a natural course of training with each other and playing with each other week in week out. 
Um, I think Jada being there, you'll see that sort of that rub off a little bit on Firmino, and you'll probably see his numbers go up. And I think Jada will get a little bit better at um, a bit becoming more involved in the game when he's not, as you say, sticking the ball in the tent. Um, but that's what I love about Jada is that. I mean, if there's a player in, in, in world football that he reminds me of a little bit in that in that sense, what you've just described, it, it's Thomas Muller. And just in the way that over, over the years, obviously, Muller's honed his, his craft over a decade or longer, much longer, in fact. But if you go back to 2010 World Cup or, you know, 2000, you know, that sort of era, 2008, 2009, 10, He's very much that kind of kind of player who's just not that involved in the game, but just turn up and 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 in the right place at the right time to to get a wee assist or to to stick the ball in the back of the net. And often a scruffy finish, often not necessarily in the corner or anything, but just something about the way he hit the the timing, hitting it early, just being in the right place, reacting quickly. And Jota has all that. If you think of a lot of his goals he scored for us, I mean, he scored loads already. He's hardly played. He spent three months out last season injured, and I think he's already he, he got twelve in the league. And, and like yeah, and like half half of his appearances come from the bench. Yeah, I mean it's nuts. He scores, and that's the the Origi was a little bit like that for a while. In that um, he had a ridiculous minutes to go kind of ratio for a while because he was just getting some appearance and he was the type of player at that time that would score pretty much in every game, even if he if he wasn't playing well. But obviously there's a, there's there's more to Jota and you can see from from his in, international career and you can see from the way his trajectory has gone with Portugal um, over the last what is it. 16 months I think or 18 months since he was properly capped um, and the way his, his trajectory has gone a club career that, that a, the, that's a widely held belief in the football world that, that, that he's got a very high ceiling I, I love that sharpness I mean it's something we have we are missing in that front three they are I mean for me no uh, not just to single him out because Salah misses loads of chances that he, for me, he should put away. He scores a lot of goals, but he misses a lot that that he should put away. And Manny as well. He's he's a great um, a great forward and scores. You know, a couple of seasons ago, scored a lot of goals. And uh, before Salah scored, came in as well, scored a lot of goals. But Manny, Manny is the most Manny is the most wide man of the yeah. forwards. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and they're all a little like that in a way that. Salah is a wide man, come forward. Um, Mane is, is 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 the wider version, but also come forward. Firmino is a is a nine and a half rather than a nine. He actually played a ten more at um, at um, Hoffenheim. So so yeah, that we don't have, we didn't have that poacher. We didn't have that that guy who was in the six yard box or or it's certainly in the eighteen yard box between the post sticking the ball in the net. For anything that the breaks or for any cutbacks or for anything like that, and and Jota is that, and it's brilliant because we need it. And obviously, we've seen all four of them on the pitch before, and we may see it again. But <clears throat> I think it's a nice option just to have one on the bench 
as well. And I don't think it necessarily matters who you play maybe it's horses for courses a little bit. And, and Klopp will obviously and his team will obviously work on that. But it's genuinely a front four now, and it doesn't matter which which three start. There is no drop off. So that's uh, that's brilliant. I mean, that's where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jay, what we didn't see, you know, we we saw that we saw the front four, the four. What we didn't see was really any of any of the starting midfielders, except for a bit of a cameo from from Fabinho. Um, he came in, and you know, he certainly made a difference, and he certainly gave us a bit more control in the middle of the park. But Naby, you know. Naby's performance was funny for me. It was fairly reserved. You know, we didn't see those kind of penetrating runs where he's, he's beating two or three men and committing to, committing midfielders to defenders and opening up space. It was functional. It was all a bit genie for me. But I still felt that there was maybe a little bit of intensity lacking in this game. Where were you in his performance? Because I'm kind of torn. Um, I think it... With, with Naby, a lot of it's it's clouded judgments because we all expect so much because we know he can do it. It's just seen on a regular basis, and I think everyone got a little bit excited over preseason, me included, to say like he he did look sharp, he looked fit. Um, and again, the lingering question is, will he will he stay fit? Um, I think what he did on Saturday was a lot of a disciplined role. Um, I think. As you say, when Fabinho came on, the midfield looked better because as much as a professional as James Milner is, he's not a proper six. He's not a sitting midfielder. He can't cover the ground as much as Fabinho can, or as quick as Fabinho can. He can get there. like As the stats have proved, he covered the most distance across the league of any player this weekend. But it's a it's a Milner's pace and a 35, 36 years of age. That's to be expected. And, you know, We've got to ease players back in, which we have done with the Brazilian lads. And when Fabinho come on and Milner went one side and Naby went the other, the whole balance of the midfield looked better. Now, the one person that doesn't reflect well on is Oxley Chamberlain, which I'm sure we'll get to a little bit later on. But on Naby himself, I thought that it was quite Ginny-esque. It was very disciplined. It was doing a job for the team. And it wasn't the breaking the lines and, and getting into forward positions as much as we would probably like um, but he did do it a few times he linked up with Manny a few times he linked up with Simicus a few times and he's nice and tidy on the ball and it does raise the question of when people are saying how do you replace Ginny well if if Naby Keita can stay fit all season then you've replaced him because Naby Keita wasn't really there at all last season I think he made about 20 appearances in all competitions including those off the bench so in theory yeah, you've got the man there, but we all know that lingering doubt over him. Um, but I, I was impressed, and I think he probably keeps his place for for the weekend coming up. Um, he didn't do anything wrong. He got eighteen minutes, solid minutes. Um, he didn't seem to look like he got into any sort of physical battles. Um, but you know, players like Milner, Henderson, Wijnaldum. I've all been praised for over years for, for just doing the job that Jürgen Klopp asked for him. And I think if that's what Naby Keita does this season and does just does the job that Jürgen Klopp is asking of them, then 
the only person he's got to really impress is Jürgen Klopp. Fans like us and anyone else can have their own opinion and it might be for or against every case. But if he's doing what the manager's asking him, then there's not much more he can do or anyone else can really say that'll affect that because at the end of the day, he answers to Jürgen Klopp and no one else. Yeah, um, it's it's a difficult one to kind of judge. And, you know, we'll get the ox now. I suppose they're all... Um, I don't want this to sound like a loaded question, but Jay's right. It kind of doesn't... His performance is... You could argue he's not in the game. You could argue he's doing the same thing that that Kite is doing on the other side, where he's just going about his business and being solid and maybe playing a bit more of a withdrawn role because it's Milner in the six and not Fabinho, and maybe he suffers for that. But what you do expect is is one of those midfielders to kind of get forward and be the fourth man in attack and, um, you know, come inside and afford Trent that space to get down the right-hand side, which I feel he kind of did, but he didn't really influence the game in the final third, and that's his game. Do you know, that's what that's what you'd expect Chamberlain is is in there for. So I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm just wondering, where, where were you on his performance, and do you think that do you think that he can be a, a genuine alternative to Jordan Henderson this season? Well, that's what what uh, what he and uh, Nabi Keita were trying to prove, probably. Uh, you know, uh, I'm on record um, um, saying that I don't trust Nabi Keita anymore after the uh, the Real Madrid game, uh, in which he was tactically indisciplined and 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 probably cost us the tie. You know, being a bit harsh on him there, probably, but but still, and 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 therefore, I think he he needed to show that that he can. Fulfill a tactically disciplined role, which you know I think Nabi did really well. Um, um, you know, I, assuming that that he was asked to do what what uh, Gini Wijnaldum was asked to do for for the years that we, that he was w- with us. Um, and I think uh, Oxley Chamberlain just you know had um, uh, the same sort of task. You know, knowing that uh, uh, that you have uh, a Salo in front of you and you have a Trent um, uh, behind you, and you need to to um, make the balance uh, right uh, for, for them to to do what they do, and and you know, and they win as games, and, and not our midfielders generally. Um, so I, I think uh, he 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 was probably asked to be disciplined, but I'm uh, you know I agree with you that he. he Probably could have done more. I think his passing was wasn't very accurate at times, and um, he could have influenced the game more. And 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 it is also true that when Fabinho came on, um, at I think uh, it was the 60th minute, um, uh, he and uh, Firmino came at, uh, on at the same time, and from that moment on, we we started ticking uh, a lot better. And you know, the two nil and the three nil came. Um, but you know, which is not to say that that we wouldn't have done the, uh, that if if Ox uh, were on, we're still was still playing, or or you know if if uh, it, it would have been the other way around and he he would come on. I I can't know this, but uh, you know none of us can. But I I think if if a team wins three nil, you you sh- you can probably safely conclude that that all of the players have played um, 
well enough, and some of them played uh, maybe a little better than the others. Um, and and I, I, I tend to see it as a, as a team performance. And, uh, you know, again, some players were, were maybe catching the eye a, a little more than others. Uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain didn't catch the eye, but um, he did well enough, I, I, I'd say. And uh, and if he stays fit, just like uh, if, if Nabi stays fit, you know, then, then we have some really well, uh, you know, some, then we are well stocked in midfield as well. Um, uh, when you asked me, um, I think somewhere in May or in April, uh, uh, if we should, should, uh, find a replacement for, for Genie, um, I, I, I thought, and I still think that, you know, maybe we should give the chance to, to Curtis. Um, um, I, I did, I didn't trust Navi anymore, but you know, if they stay fit, they are really good players. And, you know, why look for something new and something different? Um, and uh, not something, but someone, of course. But if you have have some some players that, that, that can do the task. So looking at it from a team perspective, from a from a result perspective, I think uh, I think everybody did, did well enough and some did uh, really well and some did OK. And I think Ox did OK. Yeah, that I think that's probably about as fair as it's going to get, Chief. Um, on the let let's move to the let's move to the back four and yeah, I don't know. I kind of was when I wasn't surprised to see to see Van Dyke's name there. Um, I kind of figured that that side that played Atletico as opposed to the side that played Osasuna would more closely reflect the team that starts the first game of the season and so approved and it was Van Dijk and Matip and I think it's fair to say Van Dijk doesn't he doesn't look quite himself yet but against a side like Norwich we can sit and talk all we want about recovery pace how he's going to defend but actually what goes unnoticed sometimes and maybe not talk about as much as it should be is his ability to instigate attacks from the back with his range of passing, switching the play, spreading the play. And, you know, we saw examples of it on, on Saturday and that in itself is going to be a massive weapon for us moving forward. Um, given that we had, you know, essentially the, the form that we put in towards the end of the season was Reese Williams and Nat Phillips. And I think, we can all agree that their passing range is not the best and nowhere close to the likes of Van Dyke's. No, I mean, that's that's it. Um, obviously, whenever you lose your uh, talismanic centre-half, um, everybody begins to, and, and straight away talks about you know the hole it leaves defensively, the problems you, you may have at the back trying to trying to fill that gap, trying to keep clean sheets, trying to stay as mean as you know as we had been previously, and that's a natural it's a natural place to start. But at, um, very few people or very few uh, commentators or people who would talk on the subject or even muse on the subject, even us as fans after a little while, 
you begin to focus on that as well and the players who are coming in to replace him and then the injuries they're getting and the problems that's leaving because now you're having to move the midfielders back and it's always about the, the plug in this hole at the back. And you, be, you totally forget almost about the the um, the attack. Well, yeah, the attacking impetus, the the switch a player gives you the the ability to switch from defence to attack in one pass, um, to get on the front foot straight away to turn other teams around to have them constantly wary, never really be able to commit to attacks. Um, commit to set pieces and so on because they're worried about the ball over the top coming from the centre half. Um, and to have that back, I mean, the, the, the other the other centre halves did try it. And to be fair, their passing out from the back was, was getting a lot better by by the end of last season. But, you know, Van, what Van Dijk has is, is, is up there with the best in the world. Um, he can put a, a ball on the proverbial sixpence from 80 yards on the diagonal. He, and he does look for it, and it is something that they train and practice. So to have that weapon back is is just another, you know, just another facet of um, of play and another uh, string to the bow that that having Virgil back brings, um, and it's massively, massively important. So you've got. You know, the defensive solidity goes without saying. As you say, he's, he's maybe not back to his absolute best, but he's he's back to being good enough to coast through a Premier League game because Norris didn't really give us too many problems and Burst didn't didn't look to be caught out at, at any time. And obviously, we're playing in such a way to to offer him as much protection as possible, probably in the first few games back. But um, Klopp and and the team obviously feel that he's ready, that he's that his knee will hold up that there are no risks being taken by throwing him in right from the start. And, you know, we were joking in the pre-pod that um, it'll take us a while, a few a few 90-minute uh, stints from Verge before the fans are, are, are comfortable that, that nothing's going to happen again. But but that was um, that was the first hurdle cleared um, with, with no problems whatsoever. And, yeah, it's just... Fabulous to have him back and alongside his, his Champions League winning mate, Joel Matip as well. And with the two lads, Joe Gomez and Kanate on the bench, suddenly we're, we're, we're stocked full of quality there. So um, it just bodes well, really. Yep, lovely segue for me, Chief. Thanks very much. Jay, the, well, the, question, <laughs> the question will remain, Jay. Who is his preferred, not who's his preferred partner, but, you know, who is the number two after Van Dijk? Um, is it Matip? Is it, is it Gomez? Is it, is it going to be Kanate? Is Kanate going to be the, the, the preferred partner for Virgil this season? Because, uh, you know, Matip, I, I think Matip's absolutely outstanding one of the most underrated players I think in the league and he comes in after another long stint out and he actually he actually looks he looks the one that's fitter he looks the one that's sharper for me he, he was the best of the two on Saturday um, and I think just seeing Van Dijk in the flesh as I did the other week um, and a couple of games in pre-season understandably given his time out and whatever he does look a little bit hesitant on 
whether to step in, whether to step off, whether to to fully commit. Um, he doesn't look like he's ready to to push his body into a full sprint. Not that he he does that very often anyway. He seems like it's a chore when he when he was his normal self that he, he had to sprint. It seemed like offensive to him. Um, that how dare he actually break a sweat? Um, <laughs> but I think I think of the two, Matip. Matip just looked looked classy, um, and it was a couple of moments where he did just step across and he just done the job that was asked of him, and you, you sort of looked a little bit hesitant as to whether Virgil would want to do that. Um, in the question to, well, first of all about Van Dijk, I think it's it's probably if we were going to bring him in, I thought it wasn't going to be so Chelsea, but when you probably take a step back and look at it, maybe giving them the Norwich and Burnley game to shake off that rust and get him up to speed because would we want that fan like stepping in against Chelsea seeing what we did on Saturday probably not knowing that by the time we play them in two weeks they're going to bring Lukaku uh, and Van Dijk's dealt with him in the past but he, he's fit he's, he's a handful um, so maybe it is it's clever by Klopp and the team who obviously know more than we do and whatever to to maybe give them this, this game and the Burnley game where we've got six days of recovery um, in between for them to get themselves sorted, get rid of the rust, get get match fit, get match sharp. Um, so so maybe that that is the the case that Virgil is is good to go for for the rest of the season for now. Fingers crossed he stays fit and I think it will be massive. Um, and Gomez. Is is the worst of the two in terms of the injuries that they both had, and he's had a lot to deal with in this time. And I think probably even Kanata are, are then level pegging for who is number three. Um, we were all impressed with what we've seen from Kanata in in the in the preseason games, and he does look like he's got a bit of edge about him in terms of his passing range and the way he strides up with the ball. And you know maybe it is just a a phase where you know his verge is understood. He plays a few games with him and then sometimes he steps in for Virgil and, and plays instead of him and we just manage the minutes because if we've got the, the players available to us why wouldn't you swap and change them a few times and you know give give players a rest and, and keep them nice and fresh and you know we, we didn't have that luxury last year across pretty much all the pitch um, because players were filling in from other positions and, and so on and so forth um, and that's why we're, we're screaming out really for a bit more of a a depth option in in the attack because we've only really got the four. I don't think anyone truly believes that Minamino was probably of the standard we require, and we we've all said our piece on the Vigi. Um, so I, I think we just go with with those two as the tried and tested. And Klopp is a very much a, a loyal man. He, he he sticks to what he knows. He he trusts the lads who've done the business for him in the past, and that's not a knock on on Kanate coming in and. It's not a knock on, on Gomez, but you know, Matip did win in the Champions League and all right, between Matip and Gomez we did get to the league title, but it, I think if it all boiled down to it in the in the cold light today, Matip would probably be his man. Um because he he just knows what you're gonna get. You you're not gonna get any sort of nonsense with him apart from his his tantrums, but with Gomez you do maybe have that question mark, is he is he as good in, in the air or is he more susceptible to that ball over the top, um, especially in the channel between him and Trent, which 
teams like to still target six years, five years after Trent's debut, and um, it doesn't really get much joy. But yeah, I, I think that they're the go-to pain, and unless there's a rotation or unless there's, there's a small knock, which is is highly possible with with Matip and um, even with Van Dijk coming back, I, I think that's what we'll probably see at least until probably the Champions League game starts to kick in and we might sort of see a bit more of a, a rotation then when we've got two games a week and, and it might be better then to manage minutes of maybe you see Matip in the league and, and Kanata or Gomez in the Champions League with Van Dijk and if there seems to be a, an easier game where you can give both of them a breather then, then so be it but I think that's how we roll now. We we roll with what we've got, the strongest, and we continue to to put the points on the board because that's what we've got to do. We just got to worry about ourselves. Yeah, um, Farrell, Trent, Trent does Trent. He's class because he's just class. But on the other side, um, Timmy Cass comes in. He we're going to see him for at least another two games. Um, he puts in one really really dangerous cross. That I think it's put behind for a corner. He looks lively, he looks quick, he looks sharp. And then at the other end, you know, Campbell puts it to his legs and he falls over. So, you know, it's it's a decent start from him in his first Premier League game, but it wasn't all roses in the garden, was it? You know, do you worry for him? You know, Burnley's, you wouldn't expect that he's going to have much much issue with Burnley you know, running at him and running at pace um, but certainly for Chelsea um, do you have any concerns or are you happy with what you've seen so far? Um, yeah, yeah, you're right that, that it, it was a bit of a mixed bag his performance but, but you know then again it was his first start for Liverpool you know a year in so um, he, he had some I think he's six uh, minutes of Premier League Game Premier League time under his belt until yesterday. It's something silly like that. Wow. Yeah, and and I did, didn't even know that. I I knew it was his first start, but uh, I I I didn't even know that he had um, played that little minutes. But um, so yeah, it's it's uh, maybe he was a bit nervy. Uh, every uh, you know, uh, and at the same time, I I think. Um, just like Virgil needing minutes to 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 become fit again, um, he he probably needs minutes to to get accustomed to playing with this team and and, and of course they train uh, every day, but you know that that's not the same thing as as playing games together. Um, it it cost uh, Robo famously more than six months to to get into the team. And uh, you know, Albi Moreno was keeping him out of the team, and even Milner was keeping keeping him out of the team. But uh, you know, when he once he came in, and I remember him him also being um, uh, very good at crossing, but n- not so much uh, at, the, at the defensive part. And uh, you know, he has massively um, um, worked on that part. And he, what's most important about about Robo is, of course, his resilience. And I think. Uh, Chimikas has, has has lots of resilience. Um, uh, he, he, what he does seem to lack is a bit of confidence. Um, I, I like the way he reacted to to um, uh, Milner <laughs> slapping him, uh, <laughs> telling him to wake up. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it's it's always interesting to, to how a player reacts to that. You know, he he's uh, getting feedback and you know in in a quite rustic manner in in this uh, in this instance. But um, uh, but he reacted to it by just accepting uh, the fact that he he needed the slap and 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 there, there was no ego. There was no uh, who are you to to slap me or something like that. So he and and I I, I like that in in a, in a player. That, so he he knows that you know he he he, uh, he he gets coached and he accepts that fact. And you know if if you if you are like that, you probably will also learn because you know you uh, you accept the fact that that you know what others say you have to take uh, yeah. Take into account, so he, he will learn, I think. And um, you know, th- th- there's lots of things that he has that you can't learn, like you know, enough speed, um, um, a, a bit of awareness, and and you know, going forward, he was uh, especially in the first half, he was really good, and I, I thought he was he was he started to get a bit uh, tired uh, towards the end. And okay, you know, all, all of that can happen. And uh, it, it's a learning curve. Uh, and the Premier League is, uh, even against Norwich City, it's, is, is, a, is a difficult league to play because, you know, the tempo is really high and he, he probably still needs to, to get accustomed to that. And uh, I, I think he, he did well, uh, you know, just, just like Oxlade-Chamberlain did okay. He, he did okay uh, as well, I think. Um, and, and and that's probably also why Nabi needed to be a little more conservative, you know, and just a, a bit of a tangent. But you know, um, all of mm-hmm. these things have to do with, with each other. I think, I, I, you know, we'll see. And and we don't have an, uh, you know, I don't think he will play Owen Beck or or Milner against Chelsea. So it'll be Costas. And uh, you know, the only thing we can do is is uh, you know hope he he, he does well. He's got Virgil uh, right beside him, who was also shouting all sorts of things at him. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm not 100% confident, but uh, I think he'll do well. Let's let's end with something concrete. Yeah, yeah, well, I think that's I think that's absolutely spot on. Um, it was a bit of a mixed bag, and there was a lot of talk about. Milner's selection before the game and how there should be absolutely no reason why James Milner should be starting a Premier League game for Liverpool. But, you know, that, that's why you have him there. That's why he's that's why he's on the pitch. It's to go over and hit somebody a slap and tell them to get their act together, get a grip of themselves, switch on. And, um, and, uh, and absolutely clattering uh, Pookie. Uh, <laughs> that's also Milner. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, I think we 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 often boil down players' importance to a side based on literally their technical ability and how good they are at football. But there, there's loads more to being on a football pitch than that, um, for my money. Uh, Chief, we'll we'll do it because like why not? And it's loads of fun. You know, there's a reason to have loads of players on a football pitch, but one reason is is sticking the ball in the net. And for the fifth season in a row, the first game of the season, Mo Salah sticks the ball in the net. And he's absolutely electric again. He gets two assists. He gets his goal. He tries to set Mane up when I'm thinking to myself, why are you just not taking a touch inside, just putting that in the bottom corner? Um, and he just looked like he was having the best time out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yet again, in a on a day where where 
I think you'd be hard pushed to find a, a, a Liverpool player who who didn't put in a good performance. You'd probably say Salah's the best player on the on the pitch, perhaps again. Um, two assists and finally a goal. Um, and as you rightly say, fifth fifth season in a row to score uh, on the opening day. Uh, first player ever to do that. Um, and you know it just it says everything because in each of those seasons I think he's gone on to score twenty plus goals in the league. Um, so I imagine this one will will be the same. And you know last year a lot's been made, a lot's been talked of of the slump and and you know the around Christmas just after Christmas and, and the home form going and the injuries and so on. But one player who who came through pretty much unscathed was, was Mo Salah. You know, the numbers that he posted, the goals that he scored, had we had he not maintained those figures, well, we wouldn't be in the Champions League this, this season and we wouldn't be poised to make another assault on the on the Premier League title as, as we, we look to be. So the guy's absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I heard it said on another podcast today, and it, it's been echoed many times. I'm sure I wouldn't would not swap him for for anybody else in in world football. Um, I think for so, I think somehow he's still underappreciated, and I think I think almost even even by us. And I don't think I don't even mean that we don't appreciate him, but even even the fans that appreciate him, even myself, and there's somehow that he's still. You still have conversations with him in the same breath as Fernando Torres, for example. Well, exactly. And he's and far eclipsed what Torres ever did for this club. Salah, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult for footballers now because Messi and Ronaldo fucked everything up for everybody, basically. Um, changed the game. It's a shite expression, but they actually did change the game. They changed all the rules. About they changed what's great. Didn't well, they? exactly. They changed the changed the the standard completely. It went from being one in two to one in one, or 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 more than one in one, and that that's insane. And you'll never get players emulating that again. You just won't. Um, but and that's why somebody like Salah isn't quite spoken about in the same breaths as as the Messi's and Ronaldo's because the numbers aren't quite in that stratospheric level or at that stratospheric le- uh, level but um but there he's head and shoulders above above the, the category of striker that came before that was considered great before um he's 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 just phenomenal and he never says a word never puts his head above the parapet, gets on with his job, other people speculate. He he just keeps keeps doing the business. And this is his as you mentioned or implied with what we said earlier, this is his fifth season now. He's starting for us. And there's been question marks over whether he'll start next season for the last for every year, purely off the basis of of some of us going, holy fuck, he's far too good. He's bound to move on, <laughs> but he hasn't, and he's he's still here, and he's he's absolutely class. And uh, long long may continue. He's he's a, already a legend, and he's going to go down as one of the club's true greats. 
Yeah, well said. Um, Jay, just to move away from kind of Saturday's very comprehensive and professional victory, um, we had a behind-closed-doors friendly, I think, last night. Um, Thiago gets 80 minutes. Henderson gets 80 minutes. Um, Curtis Jones, I think, plays and scores. We've also got Williams, Origi and Gordon, I think, were the other three. Yeah, that's right. Um, And we also get minutes for Harvey Elliott on on Saturday. I'm looking at that and I'm, I'm struggling with the concept of do we sign a midfielder? I know it's all we've talked about all summer, but when you actually see it in the cold light of day, do we re- do we really actually go out and sign one? Do you still think that we will, and do you still think that we need it? Yeah, um, purely because history says the ones we've got get injured, um, and there's there's not much you can get away from that. Um, if you quickly went through them, Henderson, Cater, Oxley, Chamberlain, Thiago, all had injury problems in the last 12 months and I've had them in previous years in the career. Um, Jones and Elliot, both kids. Fabinho, probably the most reliable, but will probably pick up a knock purely for the amount of games he plays and the, the physicality of his game. Milner has... As good as a job as he can do, you, you can't put him in week in, week out and expect him to do 90 minutes every week. I think one game in three, you drop him in or he's your, your second sub or your third sub off the bench to, to see the game over the last 15 minutes. Um, I think I'm missing one more. I think that's it. Um, but we, we, we do probably need someone more, more, more experienced and someone would probably have more of a, a better reliability. I know that co- completely contradicts what I did say earlier on in the podcast, but I just think we, we stand still, we, we go backwards. Um, and I know Chelsea have spent money, City have spent money, United have spent money, arguably not strengthening the weaknesses within the team, but they've added quality. You, you can't question the, the, the players that they brought in are quality players. Um, and they will add something along a 38-game season. They will have an impact. They will get goals. They will get assists. They will, in United's case, probably to a couple more clean sheets. As there's no doubt and Varane is a better defender than Lindelof or Eric Bailly. Um So, yeah, I think we do. I would like to see us get another attacker as well because I just don't think four is enough. Unless, unless we do see something from Minamino, but I just, I just don't think Klopp will trust him um, in in the games when, when we need something. Um, and I think it, it, it could be possible that you, you might see a, a shock departure in, in, in possibly the likes of Oxley Chamberlain. I think if, if, if he was to rank the midfielders, and, and as we touched on earlier on, he didn't do a whole lot of much on Saturday. And, you know... Milner and Keita did, did do more than him and then you, you've got Fabinho come on and, and stabilise the game and you've still got Henderson and Thiago to come back in there and Harvey come on and, and done a few bits and look lively and as you say you, you've got Curtis there knocking on the door he's a local lad he's, he's always going to get 
the push from the, from the local fan base, especially to to want to see him on the pitch. And I think at the age that Chamberlain is, I think it's twenty seven now. It's not really worked for him. Just turned twenty eight. Twenty eight then. So you're probably looking at in the reality of business terms, is it time to sell and cash in on him now while while the iron's hot or, or as hot as you might get it in in recent times? If you leave him to just sort of fester in the squad like we have done with Shakiri, you then put yourself in the situation next year where you've got a lad with a year or two left on his deal and there's a, there'll be more of a market because he's English and he, he, he desirable is a bigger name, but you're not going to get the value you want for him. Um, and if it is the game of finances that we're playing and it's it's one in, one out or it's cash in, cash out sort of game, then I would be loath to say that, yeah, you, you do cash in on Oxley Chamber and you may get 20, 25 at a good market. And if that was to go towards a midfielder that maybe cost you 40 plus maybe 10 off Shaqiri, then you know, you, you, you've got two players off your books who aren't going to impact you and you might get one and you might have more of an impact across the season um, it's all speculation there's only what 14 days 15 days left of the window so there ain't much time to do it and you would like these players in at the start of the window or pre-season to get them up to speed but we've seen it done before last year we've done it with Thiago and Jota and brought them in after the season had begun and everyone seems to be forgetting that and having the meltdowns at the yard on social media about signings and stuff but that that's how I would see it. I think we need need someone a bit more reliable, um, because I just don't think with with the histor- historical factor of injuries that we can honestly say hand on heart and trust what we've got there to to get you through the season. It probably will be enough, but I think I think we just need one more set of legs in there just just for security. Okay, all right, Beryl. Just to finish off on on Saturday, then um, the keeper, the keeper had a hard time last season. Personally, um, you know he's got injury issues last season, he's performance issues last season, um, and then the thing happens where he like comes up and scores a goal mentally. But what we saw on Saturday, just at the end of the game, where it's 3-0, and what a save. And then and then he touches the ball away, and then he pushes it out to Trent. And, you know, I, I do genuinely think that this is another big factor that we're failing to recognise this season that's going to elevate this, this Liverpool team from last year. We've got a world-class goalkeeper who's tied down for another 500 years, which is absolutely amazing. And... He looks in form. He looks like his head's right. And if that performance on Saturday is anything to go by, that could be the difference. That, you know, that could give us another 8, 10, 12 points this season. Alisson has been um, someone who transformed our, our, our team. I think he, he, he may have been the final piece of the jigsaw that, that uh, you know, saw us win a Champions League and a Premier League. Um, and yeah, he, he had a, a, a strange season. Uh, his father died. In, uh, in a, he had, um, um, you know, against Manchester City that, that was, you know, 
most of of that defeat was his doing. But you know, all, all of this can happen, and and uh, you know, the position of, of goalkeeper is a very very lonely position because you know there, there's no one in behind you to to cover up your mistakes. And if you make a mistake, then uh, it's uh, it, it it will cost you. And but you're absolutely right. I, that's what I saw too. I saw a very calm man. I saw someone who um, who had um, decided that he was at the, at the right place. Um, uh, hence uh, the extension of his contract. And, you know, someone who probably isn't looking to to go somewhere else, um, as as we have seen. Especially with foreign players, uh, uh, you know, in 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 other years, um, uh, you know, p- players like uh, Suarez, uh, you know, I, I don't need to to, to name all, all of these uh, examples. You you all know them, um, and, and 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 there's nothing of that with him. There, there's nothing of that with, with Virgil Van Dijk. There's nothing of that with with Trent, and and, and we are naming. Um, uh, these three players are probably in 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 uh, if they're not the best in the world in their position then they are in the top 3 in their position so this is this is absolutely massive that we have tied these people down um it 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 gives you stability right on the pitch but it gives you also gives you stability in, in, in seeing into the future that you know this 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 um these 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 top players that make you a, a formidable side uh are 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 staying are not going nowhere um and 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 that's probably what uh has been prioritized uh, instead of getting new legs in is to 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 take stock to look at you know what 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 made us tick what makes us tick what what are the the fundamental players in this side that that we need to tie down and and you know they have um they have done a tremendous job so far and i hope uh, Salah will be the next one to to uh, to extend his contract, and you know, and, and that that must be demoralizing for 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 fans uh, of other teams to to see that you know uh, again this this the, the the foundations of of our success are going nowhere, and uh, they 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 are staying, uh, you know, is what I'm trying to say, and uh, and and and. and you, you you could add to that, uh, and 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 I hope uh, Alison, uh, to which your question referred, uh, will have a, a good season and and without um, injuries this this season because he has had injuries every season until so far. So I hope uh, he he doesn't get injured, um, and if he does, you know uh, I'm uh, I'm um, mildly positive that that Quivin uh, Kelleher will will uh, will step in. But you know, let, let, let's hope he he doesn't get injured and has a has a really good season because you know that that might be the difference between winning the league or winning the Champions League and not winning it. Um, yeah, it's 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 very reassuring to to see him, uh, and, you know, between the posts. Yep. So in short, after a good hour, life is good to be a red again, and it's been a while. So just before we go, Keith, pick me a team for Burnley. And this is a funny one for me because Jay makes a point where with Van Dijk, you probably want them in to kind of get the rust off before that big game because you're not going to drop them in cold against Chelsea. That would be 
that would be like lunacy in my opinion. So I think the Burnley team is nearly almost informed by what he wants to do at Chelsea in my eyes. But what do you think? Give me an 11. I think he goes. <clears throat> I think it's the same back five. Obviously, Robertson's out. I think you make the case for Van Dijk there very eloquently. Um, and I think while you're doing that, you're also looking after him. So you're playing Joel Maddock there because that's what Jurgen wants and will do. And while Maddox fit, he certainly fit enough to play one game a week. So you take advantage of that. Um, it's also what Virgil knows. Yeah, it's what Virgil knows. And I think, to be honest, that's who he wants. To, that's who he'll want to start against Chelsea as well. Um, not any slight on, on Gomez or Kanate, but we were discussing it before. And I, I'm with Jay. I'd say that Matip is, 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 has the shirt and is always the preferred choice beside Van Dyke. Kanate may get it in time, but hasn't been there long enough yet, certainly. And uh, Gomez, yeah, Gomez is unlucky because of his injuries and whatever, but I still say he's he's third choice. So, so I think it's the back five, as you were. Then I think you're playing, you're... If if you're telling me that, that Hendo and, and Thiago both got 80 minutes in a friendly behind closed doors, I think one of them, if not both of them, start against Burnley. Um, I think Fabinho comes back in. So you're maybe looking at a Fabinho... You're maybe looking for Fabinho, Henderson and Naby in midfield. Something like that. They feel games horrendous, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of a lot, a lot of players you can choose from there, but I don't think I don't think Chamberlain did enough to keep his place, and I don't think he'd be starting against Chelsea. I think you need to maybe give Henderson some uh, some minutes if you're going to start him against Chelsea, which I think he definitely is, and I think you might just alternate or switch. You know, Tiago, Tiago and, and Hendo or Tiago and Naby. So one of them gets half an hour, the other 60. So, so yeah, those three in midfield, maybe. Naby keeping his place. Um, and then the front three. Ooh, I think I think probably, probably Bobby comes back in and Jota maybe drops to the bench. But that would be harsh on, on Jota because he's been real sharp in, in pre-season and he's bagged again. Um, in his first game back, uh, but so is so is Bobby. So I think he goes back to the to the the three. Okay, interesting. Jay, where are you? I think we can all agree that the back five is going to be the back five, but the midfield three and the, and the Jota Firmino question is probably the two that need answered. Yeah, I I pretty much go along the same lines as Chief did. I'd say. Well, on the back five, I think Allison said in his interview afterwards, it was nice to have people in front of me who were, who were, who were new and I could trust, which I was a bit mean on, on that and Reese, but, you know, it's the truth. Um, so he, he, familiarity is, is is what's great at the back, um, and especially with, with a new left-back in, then you're going to try and keep the other three as solid as you can. Um, I would I would agree with the fact that it'll be one of Henderson and Thiago that starts, and the other will probably get 30 minutes. Um, I don't mind which way round he does it. Um, 
because you, you, you get you get good things from both. Um, but I would say it's it nailed on that probably Fabinho probably comes back into the middle of the park and, and gets a start. Um, he, he's going to want to be match sharp for, for Chelsea and we need him to be. Um, I, I would say in in the forward line, oh sorry, I think it'll be Naby as well. I think he'll get the start um, in the midfield. And I think the forward line will stick with Jota. I think he'll hold Bobby back for Chelsea um, and give Bobby the start in the Chelsea game and use Jota as more of an impact sub in that um, situation. So, again, uh, it would be a bit mean to drop Jota. Um, Mane, apart from a goal, looked sharp, looked the best he's probably looked in about 18 months, to be quite honest with you. And Mo is Mo. Um, And then you you can probably call the sub. So, the, the one of Henderson or Thiago, whoever doesn't start or come on on 60, then you'll probably see Bobby, I think, around the same time. Um, and then you'll probably see Milner for Keita at around about 80 minutes just to, to show the game up. Unless we're in the healthy lead and he might, he might then give Harvey a few more minutes or Jones a few minutes if he's on the bench um, given he played yesterday. So I think it's, it's it's pretty predictable in terms of how it will pan out, um, and hopefully, it's a predictable result at home against Burnley, not including the one that was last season because last season doesn't count. But you know, we tend to do okay at home against Burnley, um, so I think that's how it will pan out. Yeah, Beryl, um I think. You know, I th- I, for me, I think Henderson starts. I think the question marks on the other side. Um, whether it's, I think, probably the key questions, I don't know whether you agree with me, is it Naby or Thiago? Or, and is it Jota or Firmino? What do you think? Yeah, being less than line, I, I, I was nodding all along. Uh, I, I think, I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think Naby deserved to, to keep his place. Because you know, if if someone uh, is asked to do a job and he and he does his job, then you need to um, uh, incentivize that uh, and say, okay, you did your job, and that that means you can you can you know play again. So I think Nabi uh, uh, stays. I think Fabinho comes in, and I think uh, and if you don't have Milner, then you need uh, Endo um, for you know head slapping. Uh, <laughs> um, Coaching or uh, mm-hmm. in team, and so uh, I think Endo, if if he's fit, he'll start. Uh, and I, I think I think Bobby will start uh, instead of Jota, and because you know Jota did have his goal and he he you know was maybe industrious, but not a lot came off. Um, and you know Bobby was uh, maybe because Norwich was was tired, but you know um, almost everything he tried came off and he was playing further back sometimes and 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 coming up and helping in uh, in, in build up etc so I, I think bobby will start and just you know uh, again to give him minutes to to build up for the for the important uh, th- third game against chelsea so that will be my prediction okay great all right lads well thanks very much three points down another 97 to go and until next time, up the can't wait to hear Tiago's song, Reds. <laughs> <laughs>